Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. And welcome to All Things Therapy. I am in studio to guest t- today with my guest, geez, Sufi Airtour, who I'll be bringing on in just a couple of minutes. I wanted to welcome everyone listening and watching on Facebook Live as well as on YouTube at some future point when I add it to my YouTube channel, which is NOLA Therapy. Please reach out to me. I'd love to know what you're doing, what you think of the show who you would like to see me interview, and if you are interested in being a guest yourself. It's NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y, and continue subscribing. I'm so grateful for all of you who have been tuning in through iTunes, Google Play, now iHeartRadio, and if you want to support my work, I would welcome that support through the crowdfunding campaign I have with Patreon. They're actually a great platform for podcasters, artists, and authors. And we all have a little page about our work and you can select to support us for as little as a dollar a month up through $100 a month. My personal page is patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash all things therapy. As my listener, I'd love for you to receive the free audiobook download that's that Audible offers you as my sponsor you can take advantage of that by going to audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy i'm excited about my guest today sufi you do uh, sufi's work is so unusual and just very exciting and even as i prepared to come into the studio i had an interesting experience in a spiritual sense that i'm going to share i'd like to get her take on it sufi airtour is an infant care specialist She's a childbirth educator, a doula, and an intuitive. She's done this work for over 17 years, and what is unique about her practice and offerings is that she is a spirit baby reader and a medium. She's able to translate the inner life of babies to their caretakers and others. Many people think babies don't have anything going on inside of them, but they have so much going on. And with that, I'd like to welcome you, Sufi, as my guest. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. How are you today? Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. So where do you want to start with helping us understand the spiritual life of babies, what you do as a medium, a doula, both pre-birth and postpartum? Where would you like to begin with this? 
I think I would like to begin on how it all started. Okay, cool. I was working as a postpartum doula, and um, I had worked with this little one. I'm going to use the name Sam um, just to maintain his privacy. Yeah. But I was working with this little one for about three months. He was like clockwork. No issues. Every, put himself on a schedule. Um, easy, easy baby. Okay. And I got a call a month four. And mom was really upset. And um, she had talked to her doctor. She didn't know what was going on. Sam had gone on a food strike, wasn't feeding, wasn't sleeping, and was inconsolable for oh, most no. of the day. Ah. Yeah, and um, she said, do you mind? She knew I was intuitive, and she said, would you come over and just check in with him because I don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So I came over, and I was just inspired to put Sam on the changing table where I like to say all change is possible. Yes, I like that. If you ever notice babies on a changing table, a lot of times they relax and they're mm-hmm. they're actually okay there. And so I just asked Sam to communicate with me. I did not know what I was doing. I was just like, well, let's see if this works. Um, and I started getting images my fa- and, and hearing my father is dying. Oh, my gosh. And I asked mom, I said, is your husband okay? She said, he's fine. He was working on the family will last night, but he's fine. And I said, well, Sam's concerned that he's dying. And the mom just stopped and said, oh, my goodness, last night our baby nurse found out her father is terminal. Now, this woman held Sam all night Mm -hmm. because he was inconsolable at night as well. And he had picked up her feelings. And then I asked uh, mom, um, oh, uh, I was inspired to start even entertaining all of this because of a book called Talking to Babies okay. by Dr. Miriam Seger. She's a French um, psychologist. They brought her into the NICU. I know I'm switching gears here, but this is it's a really okay, important yeah. piece. Yeah. They brought her into the NICU at a famous French hospital. She decreased infant and ma- maternal mortality rate by 50% by wow. just speaking to babies and explaining what was going on with their birth and why they were in NICU, or whatever else was going on. So I was deeply inspired by this book, so I'm sitting there speaking to this mom and and receiving images and impressions from Sam, and then mom says to me, oh my gosh, today is the anniversary of my father's death. Wow. And I put my hands, I was just led to put my hands on Sam's chest, and I said, Sam, these big feelings don't belong to you. Your daddy's safe. Mommy and Daddy are going to hold the big feelings. Your only job is to grow, eat, explore. You are safe. He immediately went to the breast, and he slept for four hours. You know, I heard you share this story in another interview, and it gave me chills because how little baby Sam just since knew something was wrong, someone's dying, and so intuitively perceiving that, that it affected him and your instinct to put your hands on him and touch him and reassure him you know that these are adult feelings the adults will handle this it was so beautiful to hear yeah thank you um i i got that from the book talking to babies and um so it kind of blossomed from there and i kept Mm -hmm. exploring it another great book called spirit babies by walter mckechen very popular right now with moms 
again, Walter is a great leader for me in just how I do my work. Walter was also a medium in England who came upon babies communicating with him and how that helped mothers. Wow. So what are some of the ways that you experience babies communicating with you and that babies are communicating to their caretakers who might not know what those signs are that that you're able to translate and tune into? So um, moms are more psychic and intuitive than they want to believe they are. They often will say, and what I never want to hear again, is does my baby know me or do I really know this about my baby? And I, mm-hmm. my, my biggest work or trajectory is to get moms to trust their own intuition, mm-hmm. always checking with doctors and your helpers, but start exploring. You can hear your baby, but I find a lot of women are talking themselves out of it. And so I talk to them about my process. Not everybody's a medium. Um, I do believe everybody's psychic, but uh, I ask moms to explore how the communication between them and their own baby. But for me, I receive images. I hear sayings. Um, I will feel certain things. And baby can be in the room or not in the room. If I have mother with me, I can always connect with baby. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I know you talked about it and uh, about the images or things. It's almost like a combination of Pictionary, charades, and playing telephone. Yes, and yes. And that's the way you're getting information from the little ones. Yes. It sounds fun. Yes. And I, I, I got that from Cindy Kaza, an amazing medium. Um, and that's the perfect definition of kind of how mediumship feels to me and I think to a lot of mediums. But as a baby reader, it is fun. Um, it can be a little tricky because I have to decipher mm-hmm. what is it I'm getting. Uh, last week, I had a baby reading, and just as mom's walking out the door, the little one was with her. He says, I want my ball back. He doesn't say it. He's only uh, four months old. I just okay. hear it in my mind. I want my ball back. And then I get an image of the ball. So I said, one moment, and I explained to mom what I'm seeing, okay. what I'm hearing, and she starts laughing. She says, oh, we were just here two weeks ago, and we left his ball here, oh. and we can't find it. And I said, well, let's go look in lost and found. It wasn't there. I said, you should buy him a new one. He yes. wants one. And that mom, she's like, I'm going to order it today. She was so okay, surprised. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that's reminding me when I was young, I had I loved Cookie Monster. And I, I couldn't say Cookie Monster. I, I knew Grover on the Muppets or Sesame Street. And I, I would call Cookie Monster CM Grover. And my mom would have <laughs> these little plastic Cookie Monsters for me. And I remember I'd lose them kind of like this little boy. And I would just be hysterical without my CM Grover. So my mom had oh. tons of them all the time in her purse. And that's such a fine memory of her just knowing, like, without C.M. Grover, I was somehow distraught as a little one. But with him, it was just, like, the most soothing experience. So I'm so glad you could tune in to that baby just wanting his ball. Yeah. That sounds like it really soothed him, which babies need. Yeah, sometimes a reading can be very simple um, or it can be very deep and intense. I had another reading where... um, the mom didn't share much with me. She just said, can you just check in with my baby? And little one first came out with stop the fighting. 
Mm. I don't want to hear the screaming anymore. Wow. And this is a two-month-old, and sure enough, mom starts crying, and sure enough, she and her husband were having problems, and that really struck her. And I didn't just leave her with that. We sat, we we spoke, you know, um, because she was really worried she's hurting her baby, or what could she do? And I'm a big fan of, even if you're going through turmoil, it's so important to speak to little one. even though they may not understand your words, they in, they really feel your intention. Mm-hmm. And if you are holding feelings in or trying to hide feelings because you want to appear happy to your baby, it rarely works. Yeah. Um, I ride horses, and I find with horses and babies, there's one thing in common. If you tell the truth, you'll have a smoother ride. Wow. And um, their nervous system relaxes when you're not hiding something. Because think of it this way, when we are in a dangerous situation and we have our mode of fight or flight, right. we have no time to feel feelings. So if you're hiding feelings from a baby, it's sort of a feeling of, oh, there must be a predator nearby. Mother mm. is not sharing with me right now. Okay. And so when you just simply say, you know, mommy's having a tough day today. You will see your baby relax and go, oh, okay, that I understand this. Mm-hmm. Same with horses. You have to testify, I say. Testify, if because if you bring that baggage up onto a horse, it can be a rough ride. Sure. So, so the things you're saying are causing me to, to think about, and one of the things, I know you talk about redefining a new paradigm of parenting, and yeah. part of that being redefining or just, so I want to talk to this with you about this this notion that babies are a blank slate or a tabula rasa and clearly they are not if the little ones are saying stop fighting Mm -hmm. i want my ball and other i I think you've you've worked with how many babies would you say you've worked with i've worked with over 800 families wow yeah and attended over 500 births wow so So talk to us about this notion of a blank slate babies don't have anything going on yes thank you very much john locke um so bank, Blank Slate really came up um, like in the early 1900s, but in the 60s it just went to town. So don't breastfeed because it's going to make you fat in the 60s. That was what they told my mom. Okay. Um, the Blank Slate, like don't worry about it. You know, baby doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> um, I just found it's not true. Birth after birth. And if you ask any woman who has more than one child, or even really sensitive women with one child, as that baby comes in is as they are. I, my son, I have a 14-year-old son, when he was born, how he, the way he came out, being so vocal and, and, you know, vibrant and fiery, that's how he is. Okay. And all the moms I talked to with older kids, they were like, my kid's exactly when he was in that birth room day one, the personality was there. Mm-hmm. Something's there. Mm-hmm. How are we? Babies, I've seen babies sneer at me or at their mothers. If, I, if you know, some babies don't like swaddling. And I'm like, well, I'm a big fan of swaddling mm-hmm. first two months. And I've had babies just look at me like, what are you doing? I don't <laughs> like swaddling. Wait, get me out of this. Excuse me. What mm-hmm. are you? Yeah, very clearly. Wow. And moms have that sense, too. They just yeah. keep denying it because they think, well, I'm imagining this. 
And and I see in my practice with clients and, and with my friends that have children that I've been fortunate to be around as they've gotten older from when they were babies, that I think we discredit ourselves as women, like somehow these experts know more. Yes. And and like you want to study. And I think it's great to read up and know about some developmental milestones and what to expect. And that's absolutely fantastic. Yet when it comes to these other nuances of motherhood and parenting, it sounds like I hear you saying for encouraging mothers to trust themselves, to lean into what's coming up, even if it feels or sounds kind of weird, to just trust. Yes. And who knows your baby best? Right. This is a big subject right now. I love doctors. Please always check with your doctor if there's a physical or if there's an issue you're worried about. I trust mother's intuition. If a woman in a home birth wants to go to the hospital, we're going. Yeah. Nobody argues with her. But I've had mom say, my pediatrician said this about breastfeeding, Okay. for example, and she's like, I don't feel that's right. Because mm-hmm. I know my baby's like this and my baby's like that. Or the lactation consultant said, do this, do that, you know. Um, so I always want moms to follow their gut first, especially if it's not harming the baby and it's something like breastfeeding and your baby's happier through your action than what an outside source is telling you to do. I really have a problem with all the systems that clients are under. Get this book, buy this product, do it this way, it's not organic to who your baby is. It's not organic to who you are. Right. Let's. I have clients tell me, ask me all the time, what are you going to do for us postpartum? And I said, well, I have to meet your baby first. Yeah. Because we have high stimulation babies, low stimulation babies. Uh, that's my wordage for yeah. an amped up nervous system or a mellow nervous system. Mm-hmm. And I will, my work is just very different compared, you know, with, both types of babies so I don't know I have to meet your baby first and then I can edu- we can work together and I can educate you like this is what your baby's like this is my sense what do you feel so I like to really um, inform and inspire women to feel confident enough after a month or even a few sessions to be like I think I got this that's cool you know before we came on live we were talking briefly about, and as you're talking about this emergence of the blank slate, tabula rasa notion and of babies and their development, I'm feeling like that emerged around the same time in psychotherapy, that that was the, the modality and the belief system. I know when I was in school 20 years ago, it wasn't as rigidly held that as therapists, we are to be a blank slate. That was more in the psychodynamic field that is a whole different way of of working with clients. But as I've gone through my 20 years, I often thought I had a supervisor that was, that was pretty good at just being neutral in session and not showing if she led, leaned one way or another. And um, I tried to emulate that for my first number of years in practice, thinking I want my clients to project onto me as if I am a blank slate. And um, there was a whole lot of stuff that came out as a result. But now in my work, I don't want to be that blank slate because I don't think it's truly even humanly possible to truly remove our personality and the context from which we've been brought up and that our preferences and and likes, I just don't think it's necessary. So certainly why would babies come in as just like some, you know, bundle of nerves and, you know, organs and certainly they have a lot going on there. 
Yeah. And births became very interesting to me because before baby's crowning, I'm getting flashes of their um, time before. Wow. Now, I think not everybody believes in reincarnation, and I think the most important lifetime is this lifetime. But I have to say, um, I see what I see, and it's amazing to see the variety that comes through. Um, it's fascinating. So there's all of that just as babies being born. Um, so I thought it was very interesting. And, and you saying that, can you talk to us about how you work with people? Because you're talking about the baby before the baby's born. You're talking about postpartum. Yes. Can you talk some about your services, what people can expect, like the kind of nitty-gritty details? Because you do a lot of cool things. So I yeah. want to make sure people... I have a lot you know. of moving pieces. Yeah. Uh, so I have been a doula for 17 years. And um, I attend births. And I hold the space... Um, and I'm a, a doula means, in Greek, woman caregiver. And uh, the UN even implemented an uh, aspect of the doula called traditional birth attendance. So the UN sees the value of this model. And every culture in the world, there's someone that's not the midwife mm -hmm. that is a labor sitter. And the midwife and the doctors, they're there the last hour, maybe. Last 10 minutes in hospitals with the doctor. Who's going to be with you during your labor? Which you is want, so important. It's a, it takes, on average, 12 hours to get wow. to five centimeters. Wow. You're going to hang out alone. And <laughs> that would so be terrible. <laughs> it's a, it, it, and it's a beautiful uh, dance. We do positions, aromatherapy, massage. I am not... Um, there are a lot of doulas that are really hardcore towards a certain type of birthing. I'm not that kind of doula. Mm -hmm. I'm pro what works yeah. um, because I don't want to stand in judgment of anyone. And I just want to, of course, lean towards natural delivery. But sometimes I say birth is unpredictable. Mm -hmm. And the more flexible you can be, the better it's going to go for you. I'm not anti-epidural. I'm there to support whatever my client wants of me. Yeah. I'm just there to hold the space, massage, and be a guide. Because doulas are amazing. We're the only ones who are seeing home birth and working in the hospitals and birth centers. We're seeing it all. Yes. I don't know why they're not studying us. I yeah. have been to a few meetings at Cedars and St. John's okay. on the board there. They are starting to speak to us. Good. Because we're seeing aspects of birth that no one else sees. I am transitioning more into baby reading and my work as a reader. Yeah. But I love postpartum and I love birth, so I'm still attending. Um, yeah, so it's a little, oh, postpartum, I'm doing Ayurvedic cooking, mm -hmm. massage, breastfeeding support, anything the family needs pretty much. I'll walk your dog. That's amazing. That's not under doula work, but I'm just there to support the family. I thought it was great when I read that you'll even say tidy up the house sure. if necessary mm -hmm. and just help with those practical day-to-day -day chores in addition to being with the mom being with the baby first bath yes just helping i can imagine being a first-time mom it's it would just be overwhelming and and having someone there with you yeah as as a guide i was telling sufi before we came live on the air that a dear friend of mine in new orleans recently had two baby boys. Hello, Brigitte, if you're listening and watching. And I spent some time with her before coming to Los Angeles with these two beautiful little baby boys. And it was so much. And intuitively, I just knew, like, 
grab the baby, nurse the baby. Oh, he needs, Remy needs to be changed. You know, uh, you take care of Micah and she's nursing one. And we were trying to have a glass of wine to catch up. And I don't know that much <laughs> wine got drank because it's like these two boys, like, you know, needed something. But on the changing table, they did just relax. Like, mm-hmm. just like, as you, when you said that earlier, I was like, oh, that's exactly the case. They just went kind of like, like they knew this was for them to feel better going through this changing yeah. process. So it's just an exciting and fun kind of time with these precious little babies. Yeah. And babies can get bored. People are like, oh, my baby's <laughs> fussy. I was like, your baby's bored. Give them a tour of the house. Okay. Can and you tell us more about this? Like what, they're, yeah. Yeah, one, what they're coming through to you with? Because it's so interesting to me. So I worked with a little one last night and she wasn't quite ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I know your schedule. And I know right now, about now you should be going to bed, but she wasn't ready and she wanted to walk around. And so I went <laughs> through her house and I, I said, you want a tour of the house, don't you? There's a big smile and we go through the house. Wow. This is a cupboard. This is how a cupboard opens. Very simple things. They love it. This is a purple tree outside. You sh- let's go stand under the tree. Uh, very simple explanations. I love... Something I use for my baby mm-hmm. clients who are struggling um, with physical issues or in the NICU mm-hmm. is explaining waterfalls. Okay. I don't know. I tried this with a baby that really had some tough issues, and we weren't sure little one was going to make it. And I was like, but you, you want to see waterfalls. You want to see this. Like, they're pretty amazing. Like, Earth, yes, can be challenging, but let me tell you about the waterfalls. I don't know what it is about waterfalls, yeah. but it really piques their interest. Um, or giraffes, talking about giraffes. So these are just tools and games I play yeah. to connect or feed babies with information and knowledge. And they love it. They want to be included. They want to be, they don't want to just be put in the corner and thought of like they're not there and just expect to be quiet. They. They will squawk, and they will tell moms, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that, I don't like this, I like that. And So yeah. how might you work with a mom to help her be comfortable with, even if, if she's not knowing to even say, you know, ask your baby, like to inform you, to let you know, is there a way you kind of set the stage to help them tune in more to their babies and feel more comfortable with what might be coming through, like they want to tour the house or let's go under that tree? Yeah, so um, sometimes clients will get it in their head, well, I have to be psychic, and I'm going to have to meditate now and work on this to hear my baby. Right, that's kind of what I'm, if it yeah. can feel And I tell, them, I tell them, just let all that go. Mm-hmm. Just be you, because naturally you are rigged right now to hear, see, and feel mm. your baby. It's a beautiful example. Um, Lori Bregman is one of my favorite doulas in L.A., and she gave a beautiful example once about being at a store with her client and her client um, in breastfeeding you let down your milk lets down right right and when you're ready to feed the baby and sometimes that can happen if baby is crying she told her client call home right now I, I bet your baby is fussing or crying or wanting to eat they called home and sure enough so this mom was a mile away at the grocery wow. store she let down, yes. and her baby was at was, home starting to fuss and was hungry. Wow. That's so awesome. I don't need to teach women to be psychic yeah. or connected. <laughs> we are so connected. I can still feel when my 14-year-old 
whether he's having a good day or bad day. Yes, I'm a medium and I'm psychic, but early on, um, because I never wanted to be a medium, I wanted to be a midwife. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I fought it for years. Uh, I was like, why? I just want to be a midwife. And when I had my son, I was completely overwhelmed um, at that doorway that had opened. I wasn't used to that. I'm a very practical person. I would even say I was a skeptic about mediums before I um, entered into motherhood. Motherhood brought all that to me. Wow. And I think it's the same for other women. They just have to relax, breathe, and not try so hard. And trust. Trust. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're going to take a momentary commercial break and be back with you all in just a minute. Indeed, listening is the new reading. With Audible, you can listen to an unlimited amount of books at home, in your car, at the gym, anywhere on the go. With over 180,000 audiobooks to choose from, for you, the listener of all things therapy, Audible is offering you a free audiobook download and a month-long subscription for you to try them out. Visit audibletrial.com forward slash all things therapy now and enjoy. Do you want to help yourself and friends find a purpose in life? Then you are in the right place and be a part of the crowdfunding campaign of patreon.com forward slash all things therapy with Lisa Ty here as she initiates a one-on interaction with inspiring authors, healing experts, and spiritual directors. Join the League of Heroes of this generation by contributing your quota between a dollar up to a hundred dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. Let's make the world free of suicide, poverty, depression, and in all, make the world a better place for everyone. Welcome back. I am with Sufi Airtour of joynavigation.com, and we are talking about the spiritual life of babies. Sufi is a baby reader, a medium, a doula, a child educator, and an infant specialist. So during this break, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, Sufi, that came to mind, I have a lot of clients reach out to me about postpartum depression, and I wondered how you work with women with postpartum depression. If you could just speak to that that whole topic in your experience. Yes. Um, so interestingly enough, uh, we're seeing less and less of it, it seems. Um, what everybody's talking about right now is postpartum anxiety. Okay. And postpartum anxiety, there was a wonderful article about uh, five, four months ago in Vogue uh, about postpartum anxiety. And they used to call it the baby blues, but it's a little edgier than that. And a lot of my clients have been struggling with postpartum anxiety. Um, They're not harming their babies. True postpartum depression, I can only say I've seen maybe 10, 15 cases of true postpartum depression where um, mom was in the corner, not functioning, baby wasn't being changed Mm. or fed. That's true postpartum depression. Uh, thankfully, I haven't seen that as much as I'm seeing postpartum anxiety where mom is functioning, everything looks all right, but I get there and mom just collapses in tears mm. and is She's really overwhelmed. struggling, overwhelmed, yeah. struggling. So the aspect of the nuclear family has been really tough. Um, as most moms know, when we have a child, we crave a village. Some women have a village. They have their families nearby. 
Yes. But the industrial age created the nuclear family. We're traveling for work. A lot of women, I work a lot in L.A. because they don't have family. I'm sort of a surrogate grandmother. Mm -hmm. And um, they're just really struggling. The isolation in L.A. alone really leads to a lot of postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get moms out there as soon as possible to be with other moms. This is huge. Um, So something you want to be aware of uh, as far as like, oh, do I have postpartum depression? Uh, if you're dreaming of harming your baby, okay. not that you want to. Yes. But uh, clients, I will always ask clients, what are you dreaming? And sure enough, um, I get some very interesting answers. Mm-hmm. And that will alert me to, you know, we might need to bring a professional here. We might, I want you to talk about this with your doctor. Yes. Uh, because. I, I had one client who dreamt of wrapping her baby up in saran wrap. Mm-hmm. And she was a single mom, had a really long birth, and I knew she was struggling, but she was trying to put on a brave face. Yeah. And um, I said, you know, you should just check in with your OB. And uh, she got help. And so right now, there are a lot of medications. Um, there are a lot of ways to deal with postpartum anxiety. Uh, just having more support yes. helps. So people and are, sleep, even yeah. someone to keep the baby so they can sleep exactly. is what I found in my work. Just lack of yeah. sleep can cause all kinds of problems. Yes, yes. You need at least four hours straight, um, or all the sleep studies say, um, if after a month a woman's had a baby and she's not getting at least four hours straight, she's going to go into psychosis. Yeah. So people underestimate that, and everybody's planning for the birth. Oh, baby shower. That's how we're gonna. Yes, we're gonna have before. a. We're gonna have a natural birth. We're gonna do this. We're gonna spend all this. But nobody's planning postpartum. So, as a birth doula, first thing I'm talking about is what's your postpartum plan? Mm-hmm. You need someone to cook, to, you know, help out. You just need a third person. Yes. And Absolutely. it'd be great to have an educated third person. <laughs> I think that's helpful. Breastfeeding. I think what you're saying mm-hmm. is so helpful. Thank you for that, Sufi. Sure. Will you talk to us about your baby readings? And sure. what they entail, like what that's about for our listeners to know. Oh, sure, sure. So I had a really funny reading uh, a month ago. I It just cracked me up because often in a reading I'm like, oh, that can't be true. Really? <laughs> like, that's weird. And um, so in this reading, the baby kept saying, um, I want the elephant that looks like a teddy bear. And I was like, oh, my Lord, this can't be true. And I said to the mom, I'm like, okay, little one wants the elephant that looks like the teddy bear, and someone took it away from little one. She goes, oh, my gosh, how could you know? I go, and it's blue. She goes, oh, how could you know this? My grandma just bought this weird stuffed animal that (laughs) looks like an elephant, but it's a teddy bear. Amazing. And we won't give it to little one yet because we have to wash it. And little one's just asking for it. Wow. Yeah. Or I had a baby that um, said it was deathly afraid of something in the living room, and mom was talking to me about it. Like, every time we go in the living room, little one screams. Mm. And I said, well, it's that bright red Muppet fur thing on your floor. What is that? (laughs) She goes, oh, my gosh. Our carpet is this bright red, long, fluffy (laughs) thing. I go, your baby hates that carpet. I'm not even in their house. Yes. They come to me. 
Yeah, so I love stuff like that. And it sounds helpful that it yeah. yields practical results oftentimes Yeah, for parents to be able to, to work with that. Or babies will talk to me about their older siblings okay. that are reading, and they're like, she's really bossy, and I'm not going to be a fan of that, and can you work that out before I'm born, was the reading wow. I had last week. So a lot of pregnant women come to me okay. and say, what are you seeing? Yeah, tell I had, us about I had that. a baby who just didn't like pineapple, and the mom loved pineapple. I like that one. I read about that, I yes. I wrote that one. And um, Didn't the baby say, no more pineapple? Just tell no, her, no more pineapple? No more pineapple. Wow. And, oh, gosh, there was a beautiful one about um, the baby was in utero, was having me hear a sound in the house. And the baby wanted to know what that sound was. Okay. And I'm trying to remember. The sound was like, it was like a ticking, but it wasn't the usual thing. It wasn't a clock. It was some weird, like, music box that wasn't working, that was making a noise. And the couple came to me, and they were laughing. They were like, yeah, that's our thing in the corner. Um, I think it was like some malfunctioning it sounds but the baby annoying. Heard it. it sound annoying. Yes. So they hear in utero. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've always encouraged my clients to talk to their babies. I've worked with a lot of pregnant women and I'll talk to the baby in session and and just to really nurture that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Another one was uh, at a client whose family um, had a lot of anger issues mm. and that ran in her family and she was worried it was affecting her baby. But she didn't say anything to me. I just, I like to start the reading cold. Right. I don't want any information. I want to see what spirit brings. Yeah. And the first thing baby said is, tell mommy, I don't care. I'm just fine. I have my bubble. And the mom starts crying. And she's like, oh my gosh, I've been so angry this week. I've been so frustrated. And I was worried it was affecting baby. And this baby was so independent. Mm -hmm. And so, like, some babies I can feel they really are feeling everything mom's feeling and it's affecting them. This baby was like, I've got so much to do. <laughs> I'm working on it now. You do you, I'll do me. That's like, amazing. This is going to be a teenager going, Mom, you do you, I'll do me. Yes. It's a different personality. And that's helpful for the parents to mm -hmm. know. So there's such, people always come to me and go, okay, what's my birth going to be like? This is really important. I will never tell a woman what her birth's going to be like because I'm a big fan of the journey. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of, I'm not going to take, you fought hard to come here to have an experience, and then you're going to ask me to tell you what's coming down the pipe. Right. No, I want you to live it um, because I think life is a great teacher. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, I did have a reading this week where I did say to the mom, second-time mom, I, need, I think it would be a good idea if you got to your birth center sooner than later. Okay. That's what the baby said to me. Yeah. That's all I told her. And that sounds helpful. And she said, is it going to be rough? Is it going to be a rough road? I said, birth always has surprises. Mm. That's all I'm going to tell you. Yeah. You know? So there, there you go. You know, I, I'm a big fan of that. Also, I, uh, I get a lot of fertility and miscarriage. Okay. Uh, and I will never tell a woman, even if her doctor has told her she can't have children, I will never say mm. it's, I will work with her. I will check in with spirit babies. Yes. But I always want to maintain possibility. Me too. How can another human tell us what is and isn't possible for us? I just don't believe 
and that at all it it can kill dreams that we yeah. can create what we want and work with the sense that we're getting yeah. from our intuition and from spirit about having children or not there's a beautiful story by Gordon Higginson an amazing famous medium in England and he also um, read women who were wanting to be pregnant and he had a client and she had three miscarriages and the doctor said that's it we need to sterilize you you should not have any more babies oh. you can't have babies but he kept hearing no because she was pregnant again for the fourth time okay. and she said should I keep this or terminate the mm -hmm. doctors want me to stop and I'm not sure I can go through another stillborn right and he just kept hearing from spirit I'm going to be here I'm going to I'm going to live and sure enough she had a little girl and the the baby lived her fourth time had wow. she sterilized Ugh. herself yeah. she wouldn't have had that Ugh. baby which is the joy of her life. Yes. You know, I was telling you, Sufi, before we came live on the air, I was actually at home getting ready to come in the studio. And interestingly enough, in spirit, this baby girl came to me. And she was laughing and happy. And I kept kind of looking up like, what's going on? Like, who are you? I've, I've never felt her around me before. Just a really happy, happy little one. And you said sparkly. Yes, she was sparkly. And I was like, who is this? Is this like the baby I've wanted to have that I haven't, or, you know, is this a younger version of me? Like, she just, you know, and I still feel her around, just kind of this new, like, bright little light around. Yep. Can you help me and, and others understand if anyone else has had this experience of a little one yes. around them? So often, um, that's how I gauge how close a baby is. Mm -hmm. And I was a little bit surprised how close your little one is to you. So I told you within a year, um, possibly, I don't know, we'll check back with this. Okay. Uh, you might entertain a little one or maybe have a love. But uh, so I often gauge how close a baby is mm -hmm. by the proximity of that baby spirit to the client. Wow, that's interesting. So I had a client come recently. She said, I don't, I may be pregnant right now. And I said, feels like you're pregnant right now because baby's right on top of you. Wow. And within the week, it feels like you'll get that yes. That's amazing. Or I can feel a baby in the distance. Mm -hmm. So I had another gal come and um, she really wants to be pregnant, but I'm, I'm sorry, I see them. I see you have a boy and a girl, mm -hmm. but a little further off. It's just not okay. the right time. And that sounds helpful for, for people to know yeah. what you're able to offer them. Yeah. So you also do soul cartography. Can yes. you talk to our listeners about that as well? Yes, yes. So I uh, love to draw. I love to doodle like anybody else. And I found that um, I did a drawing once for someone, and I started to include things that there were no way I could have known what was going on. Um, we weren't very close. But I said, oh, you know, I've heard about spiritual portraiture. I thought I'd try it. Yeah. And um, in the drawing, I drew all these black dots in her lung area. Huh. And I thought, oh, God, I don't like these black dots. It doesn't look good. Why am I doing this? But I felt spirit-led, so I did it. And uh, when I gave her the portrait, I talked to her about the dots, and she said, this is crazy because it's been a month since I've seen you, and I hadn't spoken to her. I was just doing the portrait. She said, uh, they found black mold in my blood. Oh. Because, and I have had to move out of my house because there's so much black mold. 
and that's what I was seeing, and it's in her wow, lungs. Wow, in her lungs, in her blood yeah. System. It can get in your lungs mm-hmm. easily. Wow. So I was like, wow, there's something here. Yeah. So I started practicing, and um, it's something I love to do for my postpartum clients. I'll do, um, I have a template that I created, mm-hmm. and I meditate on the baby's name, and whatever images, impressions that I get, I put it down on paper. Wow. And I give it as a gift. And um, some people are just friends now are coming to me for soul maps. I call them soul maps. Yes. Um, and yeah, I love doing that too. That's beautiful. Mediumship can be used in many ways, and so just exploring that. And I know when when you started knowing that you have this ability of mediumship that you you mentioned earlier, you didn't really want it. And when I was researching you, it was through an experience you had with a woman, correct, helping her with her baby. Yes. That, that was kind of like, okay, I, I have to step into this. Do you yes. want to share that story with? Of course. Well, this since was, I'm outing you on the story, I guess. It's okay. <laughs> uh, this was such a powerful experience because um, I was exhausted. It was 50-hour labor, um, home birth. Client wasn't progressing. She'd been pushing for three hours. They called the, the midwives went. I was an assistant midwife at the time. The midwives called the ambulance. We were waiting, and they left me alone with her. And I, we were just breathing. Mm-hmm. That rhythmic breathing just gets you in it. And I just felt this overwhelming pressure. And this woman sort of visualized in my mind's eye. And she said, you have to give her a message from me. Mm-hmm. I'm her grandmother. And I described the top that she was wearing. And I said, I'm so sorry. This is awkward. But I think I have your grandmother here. May I share something with you? She's like, of course, my grandmother died a year ago. My grandmother uh, raised me. Uh, yes. And I said, well, she's saying your hand in mine always. And this client screamed and stood up in the tub, and the baby was crowning. Wow. People underestimate the power of grief during labor. Yes. If you're grieving and there's someone you wanted there and they're not there, mm. sometimes it can stall things out. Right. I think that's what was happening. And then once she was there, the baby crowned. This is something her grandmother had always said to her. And it just shocked her. And the baby came out and the midwife had to jump in and somersault the baby out. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. Wow. But I left it alone. I okay. was like... Eh, you know, okay, that was weird. I'm going to be a midwife. <laughs> so I ran into this client again later at a farmer's market, and she said, are you a medium now? That was a life-changing moment for me. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to be a midwife. She goes, no, you don't understand. That was really precious, and I think you should pursue this. And I was like, well, because it started getting stronger. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I had a dream because I asked my therapist and my therapist wouldn't give me any information because my therapist didn't believe in, you know, so giving me this, this number or that number. She just okay. wanted to be my therapist. Right. But then I brought in a dream and I dreamt of the woman I should study with. Mm-hmm. And my therapist just quickly wrote down the number and said, here you go, because I described wow. the woman to a T. Yes. And I said, and all of you therapists go see this woman. She's an she's amazing woman who comes here once a month. Uh, in Beverly Hills, uh, she's—I'm not allowed to say her name. Okay. Uh, but I mentored with her for seven years. Yeah. But I found her through a dream, and that's the wow. only person I would trust because you have to be very careful who you study with. Sure. And I'd made one to, uh, because being a skeptic, I was like, it's got to be—it's got to—they've got to drag me to it with a dream because I'd be like always fighting a little bit, like yeah. this isn't true, this isn't real. 
Spirit had other plans. I tell you, the biggest skeptics in the room are the medium sometimes. Yeah. So what do you want to leave us with, Sufi? We are at the... I feel like I can just keep talking to you. This has been beautiful. This time together. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with before we conclude? Yes, yes. Please. Um, This is for the mamas because we have a lot of infertility right now. We're really trying to have Mm -hmm. a baby. Um, Really important to turn inward and look at the places where you have not been allowed to be born Mm. and investigate that. It's just sort of a little fun thing, interesting exploration to do. Um, And I really hope your dream comes true. Thank you, Sufi, for being with us today. It's been amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) That concludes my show today with Sufi Air Tour. You can find her at joynavigation.com. Thank you for listening in and watching today. I'll be with you next week with another guest. I hope everyone has an awesome week. Bye-bye. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.